you need to make sure that your message matches your audience. You know, we'll, we'll kind of think that, you know, our, our message is one and then we'll have a creative that kind of says another message. And then, you know, the person that we're targeting is looking for something completely different. It doesn't match the same thing that we are, are sending out to our particular audience. Then there's going to be a disconnect and we're, we're going to struggle to get clicks. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Carrot Cast podcast, the podcast with a funny name, but a big mission. We help thousands of real estate investors and agents grow rock solid mindsets, do better marketing so that you can build a business of freedom and impact. I'm your host, Trevor Mock. Let's dive into today's episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Facebook Marketing Series. This series, y'all, we're talking about how to get motivated sellers primarily through Facebook. When we look at our data here at Carrot and we, we see where the most leads come from, uh, organic is right there uh, at the top. And then Facebook is usually right behind organic. And then we've got Google ads below that. So we're going to be doing another Google ad. We're going to be doing a Google ad series here in the future as well. But for this series, go to carrot.com forward slash Facebook to access the rest of the videos and resources from this series. So in the next two videos, I've got a couple of amazing guests with me. I worked with Kylie for years and years and years. Uh, we work together very closely here at Carrot and uh, his partner, JT, who runs a lot of the data today over there at Silver Street Marketing. We're going to be talking about two different things in the rest of this series to round this out and to round out your knowledge set and growing uh, your motivated seller leads through Facebook. So in this video you're on right now, it's going to be about taking what we learned in the first two uh, videos about the basics of Facebook, about uh, launching your creative and certain things you can do with your ads that are going to jump out. Now we're going to say, how do you optimize your Facebook ad for maximum performance, maximum ROI? And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the iOS 14 update uh, that a lot of people are freaking out about, saying Facebook ads are going to change forever. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to welcome in uh, Mr. Kylie Newbold and Jensen uh, with Silver Street Marketing. I want you guys, you know, 30, 60 seconds, kind of introduce who you are, uh, where people can find you. Then we're going to dive in into a few amazing bullet points here. Yeah, awesome. So I'm I'm Kylie, and uh, like Trevor, like you mentioned, uh, I've I've been in the space for several years now. Prior to, so I've been I've been in marketing for um, as long as I've been um, in the adult workforce, I guess. Uh, and uh, I worked with companies in the live event space. Was one of the original team members at the Color Run, which was the global 5K running. Um, I've worked uh, across different industries, but I, I found real estate um, uh, back in 2016 and began Silver Street Marketing, running ads for real estate investors and, and now real estate agents and, and hybrids as well. Um, super passionate about, about the power of marketing, the power of communication. And, um, and then I brought JT on uh, to join Silver Street a couple of years back, and I'll pass it over to him to give a quick intro. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm JT. Um, I actually started down this route. Uh, when I was in college, I had a, a $25,000 tuition bill that I had to pay every year and plus all my other expenses. And I, I said to myself, what's the best job to be able to, to make some money, but also be able to go to school full time. And I chose real estate. Uh, so I started as an agent and I started, uh, you know, I, I got sick of the traditional marketing methods and what I knew back then was knocking doors and that didn't sound too much fun. So I started exploring online marketing and, uh, changed my major and then jumped in and, and met Kylie and, uh, just really started to develop uh, strategy and, and learn 
how to find uh, motivated sellers online. And that's uh, really what got me down this path to, to uh, join Silver Street and help investors you know, all over uh, the US and as well as other countries. I love it, dude. So we, we've got a few bullet points here. What we're going to tackle in this video here, y'all, <clears throat> is how do you determine your budget? Because I'll see way too many investors and agents pick a budget that's way too high, way too low. Uh, JT and Kyler are going to walk us through how to determine your budget when you're launching or optimizing your Facebook ads. Number two, we're going to talk optimization. Uh, when you when you launch the ad, you're not done yet. <clears throat> There's It's got to be optimized. And most of the time uh, when you launch an ad, it's not going to be a winner right out of the gates. And so Kylie and Jensen are going to walk through how to optimize your ad to make Make it a winner over time. Uh, number three, any kind of miscellaneous tips for engaging in comments? As, as an investor or agent, you'll see people commenting on your ads. What do you do about them? Do you leave them alone? Do you comment on them? How do you engage to make it, your ad even stronger? And then we'll talk a little bit about the, about the iOS 14 update and what should you know? So let's start at the top, guys. Uh, how to determine a budget. If someone uh, watched our first couple videos, they got their pixel in place, they got some ad creative created that's good. Now, how do they know what to do budget wise. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to share something here and then uh, let JT kind of talk about how we approach budget. So JT, let me get that shared up and go for it. Man. You know, when you're approaching your budget there, you know, this is going to change per market as well as uh, per result. So I always like to tell people you really need to be looking kind of at a, a set of data as you make budget changes. But there is a good starting point that uh, we can recommend to you based off of what your goals are on Facebook. Uh, as you can see, we have a small little uh, diagram here, this little pyramid that kind of gives you the ideas of what you need to be aiming for uh, per budget. And uh, as we go through this, we'll kind of talk about why we have each you know budget recommendation set where it is. So there are two main recommended levels that I start investors on, uh, depending on what their Facebook goals are. Uh, for those that are focusing more on using the retargeting pieces of Facebook, uh, retargeting any organic traffic they're already getting to their website, or uh, focusing on creating their own custom audiences, we can start at a lower tier budget of about $500 a month. Uh, that breaks out to roughly $17 a day. And the uh, great thing about this pyramid is it helps you adjust to what type of campaigns need uh, each percentage uh, of budget, because really, as time goes on, uh, you're going to need to kind of break this down to uh, help you optimize and and generate more leads over time. So for those that are are more on the retargeting space, we recommend starting out somewhere between you know somewhere around five hundred dollars a month, seventeen dollars a day or so. And for those that are more uh, you know, ready to dive into Facebook and really use it as a lead generator uh, to ramp up the traffic that's going to their website. We start with $1,000 a month or roughly $34 a day, and we'll scale that up over time. And dude, so one thing that people are probably thinking here, so on the retargeting side of it, <clears throat> I, I absolutely love that. You know, this budget, this budget diagram is amazing. So if you guys are just listening to the audio versions on, on the podcast, go to YouTube, find carrot, and then look for the Facebook series, or just go to carrot.com forward slash Facebook. So you can see the visual uh, that JT is talking about here. It's a really good tool. So JT with, with that there, um, approximately how much traffic may someone need to be getting to their website on a monthly basis uh, to, max out, let's say that $500 retargeting budget is 10 people a month enough, or do they have to be getting hundreds or thousands to their website to, to make that effective? 
Yeah, definitely. You can make this budget effective with, with multiple types of strategies, but if you're just retargeting your own website traffic, um, it's going to perform better with the more audiences that you have inside your queue. So mm. typically with anything under a thousand people, Facebook can be a little bit, uh, it can be a little bit harder to optimize, but there are strategies that we can use to add on what you're already getting uh, as with what Facebook is basically gathering from audiences that are seeing some top of funnel ads. Mm. So that's why we kind of split out this budget this way so that cool. no matter how many people you're getting to your website per month, it can be an effective, um, effective marketing tool and it will continue to optimize over time as more and more people get added to that queue. I like it. And so in video two, guys, we talked creative a little bit. And we talked a little bit about some of your retargeting creative, how you want to be building credibility, driving them back to your forms to take action, things like that. Let's dive up to the top of the funnel and middle of the funnel here, because we haven't spent any time on that in this series. Uh, what types of things would you guys be doing at the top of the funnel where that three to seven dollars a day or 10 to 20 percent of your ad budget would be going to? Yeah, I was just gonna say real quickly, this this top of funnel, um, what is so amazing about this is that it allows us to create these custom audiences that we can track and use in our marketing over time. So this top of funnel is used for, for two sides of things. One is to track motivation. So we can use campaigns like video views or uh, traffic campaigns or engagement campaigns to track how people are engaging with our ads. So for example, if we take a video views campaign, we spend you know $3 a day, we can get hundreds of people watching our video every day and we can track how long they watch that video for. Mm. And that helps us decipher motivation, allowing us to retarget them later, those that are more motivated, and um, as well, use them as a base point to layer our data when we target uh, larger, broader audiences to find people who are similar to those that we uh, we know are motivated. Mm. So it kind of works in in twofolds. Yeah, and there's there's this, uh, I'm gonna pull up this framework, Trevor, that actually, so this framework actually comes from the Facebook Leads Masterclass, mm. which is, um, the masterclass, the Facebook course that exists inside of Carrot that uh, that uh, I created and, and JT has helped me keep up to date. Um, that, yeah, that's inside of the, the Carrot marketplace. But I developed this framework. I started developing it years ago when Facebook was was pretty new. And and it's I think this framework, by the way, is not just true for Facebook or for paid media. It's actually true for a lot of marketing uh, methodologies. But really, if we're looking at a campaign or a, an account, let's say a, a, you know there's a customer whose account is not performing very well, th these are the three things that we kind of look at at a high level. And, and creative is absolutely a part of this, but we, and we kind of look at it in this order. We look at first reach and then clicks and then conversion. So the idea with that is if your ad is not getting in front of enough people, even if you have an incredible response rate, your volume is still going to be low. So the mm. first thing we look at is uh, the reach. Is your ad in front of the right people? And a lot of that has to do with your audiences. How? What are the? What are the size of your audiences? So, for example, we talked about the retargeting audiences just a couple minutes ago. Um, there are tricks where you can add other audiences, combine audiences to try to get the Facebook algorithm to. Uh, to sort of grease the wheels of the algorithm and get it going a little bit better if your audience isn't big enough. Uh, audience overlap is another one of those things. 
uh, looking at your ad set optimization, your campaign objective, uh, et cetera. So, so we look first at reach. Are we reaching enough people? If we're reaching enough people, but we're still not getting great results, then then the next thing we need to say is are people people are seeing the ad, but are they taking action on it? So are they clicking? So now you're getting into audience quality because I can go out and find a really big audience and get great reach. But if the audience is not great quality, and if my message does not match what the audience needs, then people aren't gonna click on that ad. Or if my creative is no good, or if my creative could be better, then uh, my clicks are gonna suffer as well. So now we're looking at, we have on here like two to 5%. That's a pretty rough average of where I would say if you're below that, then you're probably, that's probably a big part of your problem with your campaign performance. Um, and then lastly, we're looking at conversion. So now they've seen the ad, they've clicked on it, are they converting? And now you're talking about your website. Um, is your website, is it slow to load? Is your landing page good? What's your call to action look like? Is what you're asking them to do on your website match what you were talking about in the ad? Is there good brand kind of cohesion and, and flow from your ad to your website? Uh, what does your lead form look like? Are, are you asking too many questions, et cetera? And, and, and I, again, we would say probably like a two to 5% at a decent average, I, I would, you can definitely get better than this, but if you're below that range, then your conversion um, has trouble as well. So in all of those, with the exception of reach really in both clicks and conversion, then your creative plays a major role as well. Dude, this, this is so good because if you guys, same thing, if you guys are listening to this on the podcast, I encourage you to go to carrot.com forward slash Facebook, where we're going to have these resources here and, and watch this video or, or go to our YouTube because uh, like Kylie's walking through, it gives you a framework. It gives you a framework. <clears throat> if your campaign isn't running the way that you want it to, you can't just turn it off and go and walk away and say, oh, that didn't work. It's the same, same as if you're doing direct mail, you know, for sellers and you send out one mailing and it doesn't work. You just threw all that money down the toilet if you don't learn how to tweak it, optimize it, and then move on uh, and, and try it again. And so number one, reach. Number two, clicks. Number three, conversion. Like Kylie said, start at reach. Uh, the one question up there on, on reach, Kylie. So if someone is optimizing their campaign, um, how do they know approximately what type of reach they should be going for? Is there any kind of a rule of thumb that you guys look for reach-wise? Uh I don't think as far as like numbers go, that's going to depend on the size of your market and also the size of your audience. The two warning signs primarily that we look at is whether or not you're using your budget. So if you gave Facebook a budget that Facebook is not spending, uh, that is not because Facebook does not want to spend your money. Trust mm. me, they do. They It's because your audience is not uh, healthy. And so Facebook doesn't have enough people to to show it to. Um, if your reach number is comparatively low to maybe what you would expect from the size of your audience, you know, so if you're targeting a, an entire metro area, for example, on a very broad uh, campaign, or if you have a list of 30, 40,000 and you're getting reach um, that's very small, then, then that's a warning sign. Um, the other thing to look at would be your uh, frequency as well your ad frequency so gotcha. um, this kind of varies and, and and really the clicks and conversion tell you if your frequency is a problem but if your frequency starts getting in the like 10 plus range i would say um you're, that means you're showing the same ad to the same people over and over again so it's time 
your reach maybe isn't necessarily a problem, but now it's time to start looking at clips. Gotcha. That that's that's really good there, and that's that's one really common thing that we'll see is is someone will say, "Hey, it's not working. I'm putting a bunch of money in." But like you said, that next metric you guys should look at is the frequency, like Kylie said. And if it gets too high, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, it means that person's on average is seeing, or on average, people are seeing eight, nine, ten. Uh, your ads eight, nine, ten times. Which if they didn't act on it in the first three, four, five, they're probably not going to act on it at number nine and ten to switch up the creative. When when you guys are switching up the creative. Like in step two here, if you're, if you've got the reach nailed, but now you're looking to get the clicks higher. So let's say your click through rate of your ads is 1.95. So it's below the, you know, below the bottom of that threshold. What are some of the things that you guys will do to get those click through rates up? Um, so there's a couple places that you want to look when you have a, a low click through rate, um, with your ad. So one is going to be, uh, your messaging. You need to make sure that your message matches your audience. Oftentimes, you know, we'll, we'll kind of think that, you know, our, our message is one and then we'll have a creative that kind of says another message. And then, you know, the person that we're targeting is looking for something completely different. And this could be, you know, for example, um, the type of home that we have in the media with the type of copy that we're combining with it. If it doesn't match the same thing that we are, are sending out to our particular audience, then there's going to be a disconnect. And we're, we're going to struggle to get clicks. So, you know, one is testing and, and confirming that our messages match who we're targeting. Gotcha. Yeah. And so here's a very real example, uh, Trevor, this, this is from a while back, but I had a client that was in sort of the Midwest area um, and they reached out looking for help. Um, it, was a, it was a member of the course and, and they reached out asking for help on like, why are my ads not performing very well? And one of the first things I saw when I jumped in there is that some of their homes had like palms, like palm tree, palm trees in them. And that's a really little thing um, that, uh, but, but I actually think that's pretty significant, you know, because yep. if I see that my, my subconscious is telling me that home is not, that's not my home. That's not my neighbor's home. That mm. I don't know who these people are, but they don't know about my neighborhood in, in like, rural area of the Chicago, you know, so there's little things like that, but there's also the types of creative that we'll play with, you know, so, uh, still imagery, a single still image. Um, we do a lot of like collage images with homes and then like a text overlay, um, or videos. We, we, we will mix in videos of testimonial videos and also what we call intro videos or walkthrough videos. So, the investor or the agent standing in front of a home talking about um, how they solve problems, Mm. et cetera. So Facebook has this feature called dynamic creative that will actually test different ad images and, and text and calls to action for you. Um, And that's something that we use very often um, in, in campaigns is to test a few things in, in a way that allows uh, the Facebook algorithm to help determine the winner as well. Gotcha. Dude, so I, I, I like that. I've got a couple of questions. If you guys can go back to the pyramid um, <clears throat> and the, a question might be popping up for people asking this, Hey, I see tofu. So top of the funnel, which is uh, on this graphic broad targeting. That's your video views. It's traffic middle of the funnel or mofu is a uh, lookalike audience, uh, interest, conversion, things like that. And then bottom of the funnel is your retargeting. So when someone's setting up their Facebook ads, are these three separate campaigns inside of Facebook? Is there one campaign that says 
top of funnel and it goes after one type of audience and so on for middle of funnel and bottom of funnel, or are they all want part of one campaign? Yeah, we set this up so they each have their own campaign. Okay. And the idea for that is that each has its own goal. So we're trying to optimize each goal differently. Okay, cool. So top of the funnel, the goal there, uh, like you were saying, was engagement. And then that way you can tell uh, from those who engage a lot, the ones who engage a lot, then do you then deliver them the middle of the funnel ads? Is that how that works? Yeah. So we'll use the top of funnel for building that engagement that we can use to create lookalikes that will mm. fill that middle of funnel, but also um, depending on when they engage, they'll jump into that bottom of funnel as well, depending on their motivation levels. So we kind of separate those out depending on how motivated we think that particular person is using some presets on Facebook audiences. Gotcha. And then how, how does the ad creative differ between the three, you know, the ad creative and the messaging differ between those three campaigns? What, what is the main difference between the three? If I'm making the three separate campaigns? Yeah. Uh, the top of funnel, we like to use really, um, hot trigger ads. So these are things that people are going to know really instantly, um, that this is going to drive them and, and they're going somewhere that they, they want to learn more about. Uh, we can also test some educational based ads in that top of funnel, mm. uh, depending on what type of engagement goal that you have. Uh, when you go down into more of that warm, uh, traffic middle of funnel with your lookalikes and your interest base, a lot of this is going to be your main like lead generators. So what you know, what creative you know is going to be the one that most people will want to get to fill out your form. So if you're using a lead magnet, if you're using, um, you know, the free cash offer, that, that type of um, messaging is going to be really important in the middle of funnel. And then your bottom of funnel, we want to use things like testimonials, um, situational videos that people can connect to. Uh, because they just need a little bit more of a connection with you to get them back to fill out the form or start engaging with you um, over the phone or you know how how you've set it up. Yeah, Dude, so this is, oh, this is sort of the beauty and the madness of I think all marketing and and digital marketing maybe especially is that everything JT just said is absolutely true and comes from us testing and optimizing. And then there's always this element of like you're never done uh, testing and exploring. So we will take elements that work in other areas and just test them like testimonials, for example, you know, those, those can work well at different levels of the funnel based on your combination of the length of the video and the copy and the calls to action. Um, so that, that is, um, I think actually that's why this is so important because creating, creating an ad in Facebook is actually not that difficult. There's lots of training you can watch to do that. There's, um, you know, step-by-step walkthrough tutorials, but, uh, making sure that you're cultivating and growing that is where really the rubber meets the road and where you start to see a lot more success. Dude. And I want to point out for people before we move on to engaging in comments in iOS 14 to wrap this video, uh, the next video, we're going to talk about hybrid. If you're a hybrid agent investor, what do you do with your messaging and your ads? You guys are missing out if you're not watching the video version of this. So go to YouTube, find carrot, find this series on Facebook ads and look for video three, part three, or go to carrot.com forward slash Facebook. We're going to link up the series there, but, uh, uh, silver street, they put together this amazing resource that shows essentially what to do with your top of funnel, 
middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. It talks about kind of the temperature of the traffic, cold, warm, hot. And then it shows the campaign types to run and how to target those. So guys, watch the video version, the subscribe on YouTube and go find Silver Street uh, Marketing Online and subscribe to them as well. I like this. This is good stuff. So let's move to engaging comments. What should people do if, if people comment on their ads? Yeah, there's a couple steps that we need to take. And, you know, I think kind of just saying this, this out there, one thing that I've noticed is a lot of people, they, they don't really want to comment back because they see negative comments appear on Facebook. And um, just to kind of clarify this to everybody, uh, comments, whether they be negative or positive, they provide opportunity because other people who see the ad and you'll, you'd be surprised how many of them scroll down. And instead of looking for the positive comments, they look for the negative ones. And if you're just constantly getting rid of the negative ones without thinking about them as an opportunity to be able to uh, show somebody your brand and how your brand responds and what opportunities that you give uh, motivated sellers that do match your profile and how you can help them uh, you know, you could be missing out on a lot of people. And we've, we've seen deals come directly from negative comments. I was just going to add, um, it, it's important to remember that really one of Facebook's most important goals is to keep people on the platform, right? They want people to spend as much time on there as possible. And so if they see that some, if some piece of uh, media and content post ad, whatever on there has engagement, that is, they, that's a metric of health that Facebook looks at. So even though that comment, like JT said, might skew negative, it has a, actually a positive impact on the algorithm. So if you can take and flip that into a positive thing and um, actually take and uh, use that as an opportunity to maybe uh, correct a misconception or show your level of customer service, it's, it's interesting. I think anyone who uses reviews in any sort of decision-making, whether you use Yelp to decide where to go to dinner, whether you look in the Amazon reviews, you can, there's, it's really powerful to see a company that is actively responding and trying to make things right or engaging in meaningful and uh, intelligent conversation about things. And that's what you're looking for. And, and the, I mean, the big bonus is that you're just feeding that Facebook algorithm. So my, my mentality is always like, if it's just straight spam or if it's like really aggressive, like profanity or whatever, yeah, then just delete it. Maybe ban that person, right? But if it's anything less than that, even if it's like, oh, I think this is a scam, I'm going to I'm gonna engage in that because this is like when someone just served you a soft, they gave you a softball pitch, they're like, this is a scam. And you're, you're like, okay, let me go. I'm going to hit this thing out of the park and tell everyone why, what we do and why it's not a scam because wouldn't you love an opportunity to explain to however many people are going to see that ad, like why what you do is a valuable service. That's your chance. Dude, it, it's so, it's so good because the one thing that people kind of miscalculate is for every one person who makes the comment, there's probably dozens or hundreds that are thinking that same thing. And so when you get a chance, like Kylie is saying to address it, uh, not only are you addressing to that one person, but there's a lot of lurkers behind the scenes who have the same issue that aren't taking action and you have a chance to squash that, which is awesome. So let's kind of wrap this session with this last question. iOS 14, are you guys concerned about it? What should people do? 
Yeah, I mean, so we're certainly paying attention to it. I, I wouldn't say that I'm I'm concerned, and, and the reason I'm not concerned, and then I'll kind of give some really quick bullet points of what people need to do to be ready, is I've been around um, online marketing as for, for years now I and marketing on Facebook since the beginning, and there have been major changes in the past. And anyone who's maybe been in, in SEO or PPC or Facebook have seen those kinds of changes come. And it, there's always an adjustment period, but what, what has always remained true is that good principles of marketing persevere. So good content, providing value, uh, those things never change. And so we will have to make some adjustments to, to this, but, um, but we're, not, uh, we're not concerned. We are watching it very closely. So for those that don't know, Basically, Apple is releasing a new kind of privacy protocol, and uh, that's going to impact how ads can track and follow people based on whether they opt in or opt out um, into tracking in their in apps. So apps that you download uh, will ask you, kind of like websites do now, you know, do you accept these cookies or not? So it'd be similar, but for apps. Um, and so what's going to change there is you might, you're going to see a difference in what you can track and what you can't track. Your audience sizes might change a little bit. And uh, there are a couple of things that everyone running ads on Facebook definitely needs to do. And one of those is consider um, verifying your domain. So I think technically, unless you have multiple pixels on your site, you don't have to verify your domain, but I think it's probably a good practice to do that. And there's lots of tutorials on how to do that. What verifying your domain allows you to do in Facebook is allows you to prioritize your pixel events. So when, when someone takes an action on your, your website, the pixel records that action. And so that one of the major differences in after iOS 14 rolls out is the number of events you can track. So it's up to eight. If someone has opted in, it's up to eight events. Uh, if someone has opted out, you can actually only track one event. The way Facebook is getting, uh, the face, way Facebook is working with this is they're going to create like this event prioritization, um, so that if someone doesn't take the first action you wanted them to take, but they take the second, then you can track the second. Um, gotcha. And uh, so, so you need to verify your domain, and you need to make sure your pixel prioritization is um, uh, is set. And then the last thing I think you need to do is not panic because once this rolls out, what for sure will happen, I predict, is tracking will get crazy for a little bit. Like, because there's a lot of unknowns and and without going into the development of it, they're actually having to do like same day live pushes. So there's going to be things that break. There's going to be tracking that gets wonky. And you just have to know like, uh, the way I look at it is like some advertisers will give up and they'll quit and that's better for everyone that doesn't. Yep, for sure. And, and that's, that's one reason too, if you guys are listening to this and you're wanting to generate more motivated seller leads through Facebook and you don't want to do it yourself, you should hire somebody that knows what they're doing like Silver Street Marketing. So uh, where can people find you guys? We're going to wrap this uh, episode, go to part four, but where can people find you guys if they want you guys just to do all the stuff for them? So we're at silverstreetmarketing.com. Um, you can find us there. We've got a, uh, you can contact us through that. Uh, we're on YouTube as well. If you look us up on YouTube and then for uh, carrot customers, we're in the marketplace. We're actually in the marketplace in a couple spots for ad management, or uh, like I said, the course that you see in there, the Facebook advanced um, masterclass. Um, 
is uh, created by us as well. I love it. So you guys can go to Facebook or uh, carrot.com forward slash Facebook and access this series, access the link to find that course to invest in where Kylie and JT keep it updated with all the latest things to make your marketing work really well on Facebook. So on this episode, guys, we talked about optimizing your Facebook ads for maximum ROI. We dove into the budget, how to determine budget. We dove into the three levels of your targeting on your three types of campaigns, how to lay those out. We talked about engaging in comments. We wrapped it up with the iOS 14 update, what not to freak out about and what to adjust. Uh, thank you guys. Go to care.com forward slash Facebook, get the rest of the series, go to YouTube, subscribe to us over there. And uh, we are going to bounce to episode four shortly, which is going to be about agents and hybrids. How can we help? How can you use Facebook as an agent or a hybrid agent investor to generate motivated seller leads? We're going to talk about messaging. How should your messaging be different, brand building and more? Check out part four. All right, guys, see you in a bit.